All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Goranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya. Krishna Prashtaya Bhutalashri Mati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namaya. Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharani Nirvase Shishanivadi Vaskatade Shajani. Bandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Guru and Vaishnavamishta. Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Vitam Samsajivam Sadvaitam Sadvadutam Padijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lavita Shri Vishakam Vitamscha Panchakalpachi Vishaki Pasindriyavatam Titan Pavan Raviya Vaishnavayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya It's February 13, 2018, in Chennai, India. We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 43. Krishna kills the elephant Kubalaya Text 18 through 22. Hatam Kubalaya Pidam Jisvata Papi Jurjayao Kamsamanasya Pitada Vishamud Vidvijayapa Hatam killed Kubalaya Pidam the elephant Kuvalaya Pita, Drisva, Singh, Tau, the two of them, Krishna and Balaram, Api, and Durjayao, Invincible, Kamsaha, King Kamsa, Manasi, in his mind, Api, indeed, Tada, then, Brisham, Exceedingly, Udvivijay became anxious. Rupa, O King Parikshit. Translation When Kamsa saw that Kuvalayapina was dead and the two brothers were invincible, he was overwhelmed with anxiety, O King. Text 19 Arrayed with variegated ornaments, garlands, and garments. Just like a pair of exceedingly costumed actors, the two mighty armed lords shone splendidly in the arena. Indeed, they overpowered the minds of all onlookers with their effulgences. 20. O king, as the citizens of the city and the people from outlying districts gazed upon those two supreme personalities from their seats in the galleries, the force of the people's happiness caused their eyes to open wide and their faces to blossom. They drank in the vision of the Lord's faces without becoming satiated. Do you all know what satiated means? 
Do you know what's satiated means? It's different from satisfied. Satiated means you don't want any, any more. So in the material world, we become satiated, but we do not become satisfied. In the material world, if you eat your favorite food, do you all like pizza? So if you eat pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner, pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner, pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner, you will become satiated. You'll say, no more pizza. But you will not be satisfied. And spiritually, one is always satisfied, but one is never satiated. Difference. Okay, text 21, 22. The people seem to be drinking Krishna and Balaram with their eyes, licking them with their tongues. So this was in the mind. Because they're looking at Krishna and Balaram. So they're not actually going and licking him. You understand? And we have actually in the Sanskrit keeps saying Eva, Eva. One, two, three, four. Four times uh, in this verse 21. Eva, like so they weren't actually drinking him with their eyes. It was like, you understand? Like they were drinking him with their eyes. Like they were linking him with their tongues. That's why the translation, they seem to be. Smelling them with their nostrils and embracing them with their arms. Reminded of the Lord's beauty, character, charm, and bravery, the members of the audience began describing these features to one another according to what they had seen and heard. So the word for describing to one another here is prasparam, ujuhu prasparam tevai, yata dristam, yata shutam. So they were having this prasparam based on dristva, what they were seeing, shutam, what they had heard. Purport. Naturally, those who assembled in Maturao for the wrestling festival had heard the latest news of Krishna's and Balaram's adventures in the city, how the lords had broken the sacrificial bow, defeated the police, and killed the elephant, Kuvalaya Pita. So we have that right there, right? Krishna killing the elephant, Kuvalaya Pita. And now the people were seeing Krishna and Balaram enter the arena. Their greatest expectations were confirmed. Krishna is the embodiment of all beauty, fame, and opulence. And therefore, those assembled in the wrestling arena became fully satisfied by glorifying what they had heard of him and were now seen. So the people seem to be... The people seem to be drinking... Krishna and Balaram with their eyes, licking them with their tongues, smelling them with their nostrils, and embracing them with their arms. Reminded of the Lord's beauty, character, charm, and bravery, the members of the audience began describing these features to one another according to what they had seen and heard. So what time are we stopping? What time does this class end? 8.45. 8.45? That's 17 minutes.
Okay. Uh, that clock is wrong. Okay. So this is glorification of the Lord from seeing and from hearing. Now all of us want these exciting experiences for our senses, isn't it? We are all looking. We're all seeking some experience where we, we're seeing, we're drinking, we're smelling, we're feeling. Yes, everybody wants. And then we want to talk to our friends about it. Ah, I have seen this thing. I have smelled this thing. Right? Isn't that a fact? And this, all of human society is doing this all the time. Constantly. Even the animals. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Something to see, something to smell. Something to eat. Prabhupada says everyone is having these questions and answers. This Parasparam. So what is the best experience one could have? Would be to see Krishna in Balaram. You see Krishna in Balaram, it's not only an experience for the eyes. And the eyes are not just doing ordinary seeing. It's like the eyes are drinking. So something so beautiful, maybe in our life we have seen something or someone so beautiful that we cannot stop looking. Like it's like just like when you're drinking, you know, you can be on drinking, drinking. So it's like that through the eyes. Actually, Bhagavatam in the second canto, Vivantiya Bhagavata Atmanasatam that one should drink the Bhagavatam through the ears. So they're seeing him like that. And not only like, they're even tasting him. So it's like they're, they're licking him. It, very interesting. Usually you see so you don't think you're licking them with your tongue. But they're feeling like that, that they're tasting him. And they're, they're smelling him. So usually other human beings in this planet, we don't smell so nice, huh? We have, to <laughs> we have to do all kinds of things so that we don't smell bad. We have to bathe and then we have to use some chemical to stop the odor and then people, they're wearing perfume and so many things. But Krishna is, has his own nice smell, tatusama. So they're smelling... And you have to remember, Krishna is not right next to them, you know. Usually I can smell somebody only if they're very close. Of course, in the heavenly planet, you can smell the other people from 80 miles. What is that? Like 140 kilometers away. You can smell the other demigods. And they, of course, they smell very nice. So imagine from how far away you can smell Krishna. Uh, very far. Uh, so they're, even though Krishna is in the arena and they're, they're smelling Krishna and they're feeling him, they're like they're embracing him. So with, with the eyes, with the nose, with the tongue, with the touch, only sense not mentioned here is, is they're not hearing Krishna, but it says they were hearing about Krishna. They had heard about Krishna. And then, of course, this is happening in their mind, so also the mind is fully engaged. And they're speaking. They're talking to, oh, look, Krishna and Balaram. 
How are they? Oh, are you seeing how they're? Oh, look at their feet. Oh, look at their knees. Look at their noses. Look at their ears. Look at their ornaments. Oh, what is that smell? It is like camphor. They are speaking to each other. Again, just like we would do. Yes, we go to some very nice place. You go to some very beautiful place with tropical flowers and scenery and ocean and like people come to Chennai. Of course, here I don't think it's the smell so nice. It should, actually. I'm sure hundreds of years ago it smelled nicer. So people were, were coming and they go to the ocean and they go with their group, oh, see, and smell, and oh, the taste of the ocean. You understand how the ocean, and they're talking about all of their sensory experience with each other. Correct? Am I correct? So the best experience we can have is directly with Krishna. We are having this experience with Krishna's energy. But Krishna's energy, Krishna says in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, you take everything wonderful in the whole universe, not just this planet. We have some wonderful things in this planet in Kali Yuga, a few things. But just imagine this planet in Satya Yuga or the higher planets and the whole universe. You take all the wonderful things, they're just one tiny little speck. You understand? Just one little speck. Like somebody may see the temple from a distance and they see the lights on the domes and they say, oh, you say, oh, that's nothing. You have to come into the temple. And then you come into the temple, you're looking, oh, look. They say, that's nothing. Wait till the curtains open. So Krishna is the reservoir. He is the origin of everything. So this is the experience we are seeking. And when we try to get it to Krishna's energy, we become satiated and not satisfied. When we have it with Krishna, we are satisfied but not satiated. So how to do this? Who would like this experience? Who would like this Do you like this experience? Okay, if you would not like this experience, then don't stay for the rest of the class because we're going to tell you how to get it. So if you want something else, then you will not find the rest of this class very interesting. So how are we going to get this experience? You know, if you want to come to Chennai, you understand, you have to buy a ticket from an airline, like Air India or Indigo or something like that, and you go to the airport and you get on a plane and you come come to Chennai. There is a process. And how do you know this process? You have to hear what is the process. You understand? Just like we are planning for the Shastric Advisory Council to have a, to the GBC to have a meeting in Italy. And we were meeting just with our members uh, the day before yesterday. So one of our members is from Russia and he says, for me to go to Italy, I need a special visa. And one of the other members said, oh, I'll tell you how to get it. So you have to hear, how do I get the visa? What do I do? You have to learn from some authority how to do it. Yes? So same if one wants to have this experience of drinking Krishna through the eyes and licking Krishna and smelling Krishna and embracing Krishna. Krishna and Balaram, not just Krishna. So one has to hear So who do we hear from? You can say, well, we are hearing from the Shastra. But how will we even understand the Shastra? How will we even know there is Shastra? 
We hear from these sadhus and especially from Guru. From the great sadhus and from the Guru. Actually even Shastra, mostly it is the words of the sadhus, yes? Most of, mostly the Shastra is the words of God, but also the words of the sadhu. And without these sadhus, and particularly among all the sadhus, our Guru teaching us, how will we know? You can say, oh in India everybody knows, but is that true? So many people, they'll say, oh yes, 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 I am Hindu, I... but they don't know anything. Am I correct? Yes? They just do some ritual, they don't know what they're doing. So without Srila Prabhupada, without uh, the people carrying on the succession, without the gurus, how will we know? And how will we understand? Maybe we read this verse and we start going licking the deity. You understand? I mean, how will we understand? What will we do? We have to have instructions. Yes? We have to have instructions from Guru. Otherwise, you could even hear from the Shastra and you could understand so many things. So without the instructions of somebody who actually knows how we're going to hear properly. It's like the Guru takes the Shastra and unlocks it, unlocks it for us. Here's this, how to do it. How to open it. It's like he has the code. When I came from America to India a few weeks ago, so I got some locks from my suitcase. And one of the... Whenever you travel through America, you have to have a special lock that the transit security organization can also open. So you have your code and then there's another lock. So one of my suitcases they had opened and they had broken the lock. So it was stuck. They couldn't open it. So we had to get some lockwala, I guess. <laughs> Sawing the lock to get it open. And inside there's notice. We have opened your bags. So the guru knows what is the combination to open the shastra. Otherwise, we don't really understand. Like Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati would say, it's like you're licking the outside of a bottle of honey. You, know, you don't know. Or do they have? Do you have mango steams here? Not mango, mango steams. Do you have mango steams here in South India? Do you have or no? No, ah, you don't have. Oh, very unfortunate. They said the Queen of England promised she would give knighthood to anyone who could bring her mangosteen. I first said mangosteens in Indonesia. So you look at this fruit. They say it is the best fruit. So you look at this fruit, nothing like a mango. And you don't know how to eat it at all. You have no idea how do I eat this fruit. Someone has to show you. It has a very thick rind. Very, very thick. I did not know when I first got them in Indonesia that they were very expensive fruit. I didn't know. I was at the World Hindu Parishad and on every table they had a basket after the program they were serving prasadam and they had a basket of like 15-20 mangosteens on each table. So I didn't know how much they cost. So they gave me one and I, I ate the whole basket. <laughs> Later when I found out they were very expensive then I felt a little embarrassed. But someone had to show me how to eat it. It's, it's peculiar. Or you know, 
There's a story in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Jagarananda Pandit went to Vrindavan. He was visiting Sanatana Goswami and he came back with pilu fruit. You know the story? Anybody know it's in Chaitanya Charitamrita? So he comes back with pilu fruit and there's a way you eat pilu fruit. I've never eaten pilu fruit. So there's a way you eat it and if you, if you don't know, you may chew the seeds. And if you chew the seeds, the seeds are very pungent. They make your mouth like fire. But nobody told them how to eat. They just gave all the devotees these people. So some of the devotees they knew and they were spitting out the seeds. And the ones who didn't know, they were chewing the seeds. And then they go, And Lord Chaitanya was laughing. So one has to know. We can say, Agalitam Palam, this is the, the fruit. Bhagavatam is the fruit. But someone has to show us how to eat. Someone has to instruct us. Just like uh, Srila Prabhupada instructed us, early in the Bhagavatam, it says, one must hear Bhagavatam with rapt attention. Yes, you know this? So nice, nobody is making garlands or anything. Thank you, it's very wonderful. Many temples during the Bhagavatam class, people are busy with so many things. Prabhupada didn't like that. Because he wanted us to hear with rapt attention. And how do you hear with rapt attention? Prabhupada says you must be pure in mind, you must be pure in speech, you must be pure in action. So how to do that? And Prabhupada's giving us like no eating meat, fish or eggs, no intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling, minimum 16 rounds, Hare Krishna mantra, keep yourself clean. These instructions allow us to actually hear. And then the Guru is the person Bhagavata. So if we want to understand what is the person who can drink Krishna through the eyes and lick Krishna and embrace Krishna and smell Krishna, we see that in the person of Guru. Here is someone who can do it. There is an example. Otherwise, it remains just theory. You understand? Oh, it's some idea. But then if you actually see a person who is doing it, oh, like that. Hmm? And then when we please Guru, it's also something a little mystical. It's not just a rule, like you eat the pilu fruit like this, or you open the mango steam like this, or you have the combination for the lock. That is mechanical. But this is not just mechanical. Why? Because yasya prasada bhagavad prasada, yasya prasada nagati topi. When you please the Guru, Krishna is pleased, and when Krishna is pleased, He reveals. Ganati Pena Bhashruta, He lights up the heart. And we understand the Shastra because Krishna shows us. So this Bhakti Yoga, it's not just a mechanical process. Mechanical process is like Astanga Yoga, but even Astanga Yoga needs a little Bhakti. Even Gyan Yoga, Karma Yoga, Jyan Yoga, those are mechanical processes. Jyan Yoga, you move the body a certain way, you move the air a certain way, and Samadhi. But even that has to have little Bhakti, otherwise you're not going to see. Krishna will not come. Even we don't like to reveal ourselves to someone who doesn't care about us. Isn't that a fact? We're not going to reveal our real self unless we trust somebody. And we'll only trust somebody if they care. Otherwise they may criticize. Isn't that? And people criticize Krishna. Oh, he's dancing with so many gobies and he's stealing butter and... 
telling you to steer to lies. So if they don't love him, they will criticize. So he does not reveal. And why will Krishna reveal if his friend tells him to reveal? So if somebody I already trust comes to me and says, Ramila, I want to introduce you to my friend, then I will accept. You understand? We're all like this. So Krishna is also like this. It's not what you know, it's who you know. You understand? It's not, we're not going to attain Krishna Prema because we can recite, recite all the slokas of Bhagavad There was one of my godbrothers went to Vrindavan and uh, he met with Srila Prabhupada. He said, Prabhupada, I have memorized the whole Bhagavad Gita, all the Sanskrit slokas. May I chant for you? Prabhupada didn't even look at him. He didn't even acknowledge that he was in the room. And he was asking like three, four times. Prabhupada never acknowledged him. Then one other godbrother said, Oh, Prabhupada, I want to introduce you, so and so. Then Prabhupada said, Give him some practical work to do. <laughs> Actually, it was interesting. I, I knew this devotee. He was in the same temple in Chicago where I lived. And uh, soon after this, both his parents died in a plane crash. They were very wealthy. Yes, they were. And when they died, he got many millions of dollars and immediately he left Krishna consciousness. It was very interesting. But it's not what you know. You know, sometimes we have these exams, Shastra exams, and they will say, okay, in the purport to Bhagavad Gita 6.20, what is the third sentence? Oh, now you have your degree. So it, it is not like that. I mean, we should know the Shastra. I'm not saying we should not know. But it is not just that. It is also that you, who you know. Who are you? They will say, who are you? Who are you? How are you connected? Oh, this is my guru. Ah, okay. You understand? Then Krishna reveals. Then Krishna reveals. Now one last point we should understand here is that when we get these direct experiences, because I'm sure all of us have had some direct experience, something. Maybe not complete, like these residents of Mathura. Maybe we're not seeing Krishna and Balaram personally right in front of us. But something. Maybe we've looked at the deity and said, oh, there's Krishna. Or some experience with, with reading the Shastra, with our Japa, with Kirtan, with the deities, with preaching. Everyone has had some transcendental experience. Something. And how do you know it's spiritual? The quality is different, yeah? The quality is different. Just like if you eat some chemical mango-flavored juice or you eat a mango. Different, yes? And you can immediately tell, isn't it? So all of our sensory experiences through these material senses for the purpose of trying to exploit the world, they are like chemical-flavored mango drink water, artificial color, some artificial flavor. 
Now, if you never had real mango, you may think this is mango. But when we actually touch Krishna, it is the real thing. You say, Atashri Krishna Namari Nabhaved Indriya. The senses cannot experience Krishna. That is only true if we are trying to exploit with our senses. If we want to serve with our senses, then we can experience Krishna through our senses. This is a very important point. This is the big question in the prayers of the personified Vedas. Words are material sound. How can the sound of the Vedas reveal the Lord? Because when we have the right attitude, these senses are also created by Krishna. This is also Krishna's energy. Our body, our eyes, our nose, our skin. This is all Krishna's energy. If we use it in the right mood, then our senses are no longer material. I was just reading this yesterday on the airplane in prayers of the personified Vedas. You put this love in the eyes. What does love mean? Love means I want to make you happy. You understand? Lust means I want to use you to make me happy. That is lust. Lust is not only romantic sexual lust. Lust means anytime I am thinking, just like people who are eating meat. I met some Christians getting off the plane, Mennonites, they were missionaries. And I was asking, what is this Mennonite religion? So they, they said, we are not violent. They will not fight in any wars. If somebody hurts them, they will not defend themselves. I said, so you are not violent. Why are you meat eaters? It was husband, wife, and the wife said, that is a very interesting question. <laughs> and the husband said, I never thought before of this question. So what, and then the wife said, but some kinds of meat I like. I said, I don't know what the animals like. So what is meat eating? Meat eating means I am taking from the animal for my pleasure. I'm not thinking of the pleasure of the animal. No animal presents itself. Please kill me and eat me. So all lust is like that. I am taking from objects and I am taking from other living beings like they are objects. Do you understand? I am seeing the other living being like they are an object. You, you follow? And it can even be subtle. Please tell me that you appreciate me. Please respect me. Please praise me. You follow? And if you do not respect me, and you do not praise me, and you do not appreciate me, then I don't like you. And if you praise me, you appreciate me, then I like you. This is all lust. Everybody understands? So if one is thinking, oh, I want to drink Krishna. I want to smell Krishna. I want to... And we are thinking Krishna is some object like that, that I'm going to take from Krishna, then...
In this world, we allow people to exploit us because it is a contract. You understand? I say, okay, I want to exploit you, but if I just try to exploit you, you will not allow. So I will let you exploit me, and then you let me exploit you. And we make a contract. And of course, I'm trying to get the better deal. You follow? I am hoping I exploit you more than you are exploiting me. Just like we always like to get a sale in the shop. Nobody complains. Oh, the shopkeeper's losing money on the sale. Nobody's complaining. Nobody has sympathy for the shopkeeper. So it's not like that. It's not, we're not making this deal with Krishna. Not like we're merchants. Okay, okay, Krishna, I will serve you. I will give you flowers. I will give you... He's giving chamara. I will give you this chamara. And you give me ecstasy. Not, if we approach like that, then even we're hearing the Guru, even we're hearing the Shastra, it will not work. So hearing from Guru, hearing the Shastra, means not only that we're following the sadhana, but it means also that we imbibe this mood of love. We imbibe this mood of love. Love means I want the other to be. I forget, not a, I don't repress my desires, I just forget them, because I am so absorbed in pleasing the other person. And I think sometimes we experience a little bit of that in this world. Prabhupada said, especially like between the parent and the child. When, when our daughter had her, her engagement for birth, Lentium, I was so happy when, in the beginning when she came on the stage and she's offering her pranam. I was so happy. I forgot myself. Maybe just for two, three minutes, but like that. You understand? You ever feel like that? You care about somebody so much that when they are happy, at least two, three, five minutes, ten minutes, you forget yourself. You're making a party for your friend, making a birthday party, and you're arranging, and, you, and you're absorbed in them. And you forget, oh, it was lunchtime, I didn't eat. You just forget. You're not repressing. And you feel satisfied. You do all this and your friend comes, and then you feel happy. And the sacrifice was nothing. Yes? We've had this experience? Everybody, I hope. You sacrifice for somebody and when you're sacrificing, you forget yourself. And when the person is happy, you also, you are satisfied by their happiness. And with Krishna, this is actually easy because we are part of Him. Amai Vamsa we're part of Him. Just like my hand becomes satisfied when my belly is satisfied. It's just natural. So we must take this mood. So if we take this mood from the Guru, we follow the Guru, we surrender to the Guru, we hear from the Guru, and we read the Shastra in that mood, then we can have this experience even in this life. For you will say, Krishna is not here. It's now Kali Yuga, even Mahaprabhu is gone. What is that song? I will break my head against the stones, they have all gone. Yea, I need Oh, but they're here. Don't think this is marble and metal and wood. They're here. They're actually here. They're really, really, really here. And they are here. Here also. <laughs> they are really here in the name. 
in the murti, actually present. It is possible to look at the deity and hear the mantra and have this same experience. That is possible. And there are many members of our International Society for Krishna Consciousness. They look at the deity and they see there's Krishna. They chant the holy name and they can hear there's Krishna. It is not theoretical. Many, many members, not all, but many. So we are being invited by Shukadeva Goswami. This is not just some story. Oh, there's some, some story many thousands of years ago, some other people, but what can I see? Nothing. Uh, no, this is for us to experience now. So thank you very much. So we have time, that clock is wrong, but I went a little late. We have time for questions or no? We're going to go on to the other program now? What? Okay. How much time? Like five minutes? Till he, who am I waiting for? Oh, that one devotee you showed me. Okay. So questions or comments or corrections? Was my was my was I slow enough in my English? You can understand. Translation was okay. Was I was slow enough? It was okay. And you were also translating. Questions? No discussion. What is knowledge? Uh, this was a question that Arjuna also asked. So Arjuna asked this question at the end of the uh, seventh chapter. And Krishna discusses this in the eighth chapter. But then he discusses this again in the thirteenth chapter. So there Krishna is explaining that there's jnana and gnaya. Gnaya is what the result of your study and jnana is the process of studying. So the result of studying gnaya is to understand God and yourself, living entities and matter. Basically these three. One could also say karma and time and other things. But that's included in matter. So to understand God. And to understand doesn't mean some intellectual understanding. It doesn't even mean some intellectual eureka. No, I mean, I remember when I was six years old. So in school they were saying, 52 is five tens and two ones. 36 is three tens and six ones. And like that. And we were saying every day, and I thought, oh, this is so boring. 73, seven tens, and three ones. And one night I was going to sleep, and going to sleep I was saying, 36 is three tens, and six ones. And then all of a sudden I understood, oh, 36. It is three tens, and six ones. <laughs> so that was like, you know. But that was intellectual. That was with the, the mind, manas, buddhi. We're talking different. 
Real gnaya, real wisdom on the spiritual platform is not even with the manas and the buddhi. It is different. It is revealed knowledge. It is actually with the chitta. And it feels a little different. Just exactly like the real mango feels different from the chemical mango. It is revelation. It's like there is a light in your heart that goes on. And you actually understand. And understand God, understand yourself, understand matter. Now the process of knowing, Krishna gives, in, especially in the 13th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, text 8 through 12. And it is a little different process than learning ordinary mathematics uh, learning the things of this world. If you want to learn, you know, chemistry, so first of all, you have to have a certain, what we call IQ, you understand? If you have a very low IQ, you cannot understand. If you only have like 45 IQ, no teaching will be able to teach you. And then you have to read, you have to go to a teacher, and you have to study. And you have to memorize so many ways. So it's not like with spiritual knowledge, you have to come to sattva Gun and ultimately to Shuddha Shattva. And we are learning from Guru, we are studying the Shastra, not exactly so we can memorize with some technique. You know, so I was a, a teacher for 27 years and we learn in teaching, we learn many techniques to help people remember things. You can make a picture, you can make a mnemonic, you can do gestures, you can do a drama. So many activities. But it's, it's not exactly like that. Because what is happening is the modes of nature are like a covering. Hmm? So just like imagine you have a window and over the window there is a curtain, a thick curtain. So the window is there, but you cannot see. And then you know, sometimes a window in a, in a bathroom, it has that glass, you can see light, but you cannot see form. Yes? And then you could have a clear window. So you could have a clear window, you could have like a bathroom window, and you could have a curtain. Or you could be outside. Because even a clear window, it's not, it's never completely clear, always some dirt. And then there's also frame. Like I am seeing through the window, but it is a frame. Or like that window's closed. It's, it's, it's pretty clean, but I, so I can see through the window, but I'm also seeing a reflection from the other windows. And then there is a frame. If I look through the open window, I can see more, but even there, there is a frame. If I want to see everything, I have to go outside. So the curtain is like Tamagun, the bathroom window is like Rajagun, and the clear window is like Satvagun. At least you have to come to Satvagun. Satvagun at least you can see, and ultimately you should come to Shuddhashatva. So really, the process of knowledge is the process of removing these coverings. And what is the essence of these coverings? 
Everyone should respect me. Everyone should listen to me. I should be able to control the world. What I say should happen. If I want something and it doesn't happen, very bad. Everyone should try to please me. Or you have done something not pleasing to me. Oh, I don't like you. So this is the essence of this covering. In Sattva this covering is I am a very peaceful person. I am very merciful. I am very charitable. I am very tolerant. I am very happy. I love everyone. Just see what a spiritual person I am. I am glowing with spiritual effulgence. So that is Ahankara and Sattvagu. Then Ahankara and Rajagu. I am kind. I am charitable. I am pious. I follow Dharma. I am changing the world and making it a wonderful world. I am expanding the kingdom of my philanthropy and culture. Like on the plane, Jai Hind, that is Rajagut. <laughs> the lady who was stamping my boarding pass, she said, Do you like India? So I had to say yes. Oh, yes. She says, Very beautiful. I'm thinking, Oh, yes. But that is Rajagut. My family, I have wonderful family, I have wonderful ancestors. I have a wonderful culture. So that is Ankara in Rajagun. Then Ankara in Tamagun is. I don't have to follow the rules. I can just do whatever I want. I can cheat, I can bribe, I can steal. I can cut into the front of the queue because I'm important. Get out of my way. You insulted me, I can insult you better. Just give me something to eat, I don't care what it is. They give me something to drink, I don't care. That is Ahamkari. So we have, if you want knowledge, we have to be free of these coverings, even ultimately Sattvaguna. Sattvaguna, at least you can see something. So that is, and Krishna details the process, chapter 13, text 8 through 12. What is the process to know? That was a long answer, but it was a difficult question. What is knowledge? This is not a complete answer, you know. <laughs> Somewhere. Still he has not come, huh? Is he here? Now he's here? Okay. So thank you very much. Shiloh Prabhupada Ki Jai.